It's the Rally of the Valley podcast presented by Town Place Suites by Marriott. I'm your host, Jonah Goldberg. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Following the tragic passing of UTRGV men's basketball coach Lou Hill at the age of 55 on February 7th, members of the UTRGV community came out to share some of their favorite memories of Coach Hill. This week, we're joined by UTRGV men's basketball coaches Jay Stedman, now the interim head coach, and Luke McKay, one of the assistant coaches, and they're going to talk about some of their favorite memories of Coach Hill. I met Coach at the University of Oklahoma. We were there together for two years, and it was a great time. We had a fun time there and made a run to the Final Four there and had some good times together. When Coach got the job here at UTRGV, we were sitting together in Houston for the final four and he got the call that he was going to have the job and we had already kind of decided long ago wherever he goes I was going to follow him and, and go with him and he asked me if I wanted to go and I said side unseen absolutely I'm jumping on your back and I'm going to the valley I'd never been down here but I trusted in him and believed in his vision for what he was going to build here and that's obviously come true and what he's had planned I was there with him there at OU and then obviously here for the last for a bit years and we've had a great time here and really enjoyed it and the best memories i'm going to have of coach and i think a lot of people will probably understand this that know him is just how willing and how much you enjoy just sitting down and having a chat and having a talk with people he's always willing to talk to whoever what might start is just a quick hello tone into sitting and talking and not necessarily talking about basketball but the conversation and topic would just meander off into all kinds of things whether it was basketball life family wherever it took us and i think those are the things that you take for granted in the moment you don't realize how much you're really enjoying it while you're doing it it's just another conversation another chat and whether it's a hotel lobby in the office in the plane in an airport after practice on the road recruiting a car ride somewhere whatever it is, the memories I'm going to have, really nothing specific, just kind of random times together that we sat and talked about anything that came up. Those are the things that I'm going to certainly miss the most. Jake, some of your favorite memories have been, please. I met Coach Hill in 1999. I was an assistant at Tyler Junior College, Chris Crutchfield, and Coach was at Texas A&M. He was recruiting some of our top players, and Crutch was like, stick with Sweet Lou because he knows everybody. He'll teach you how to recruit. And so I used to write him letters. I used to bug him and just kind of followed him around at tournaments. He never got rid of me up until Sunday when we got back. He's, I've always been following him around, trying to learn on and off the court. Literally, I miss my friend. Luke, you were going to follow Lou Hill wherever he went, wherever that job was, sight unseen. Jay, you talked about just following him around, getting in with him. What did Coach Hill do that drew you to him in that regard? We'd often kind of bounce ideas off each other when he did get his chance that, hey, this is what he wants to do. It was just kind of a connection there that I believed in his vision. I believed in what he wanted to do. His goals and his values, life's bigger than just a basketball game. I think his values and my values in that regard aligned and coming to a conclusion that that's the guy I want to be with. That's the guy I want to follow. I used to bug him all the time when I was at different schools. You're going to take this job. You're going to take that job. His name would pop up for all these jobs. So I kept bugging him every year, every Final Four. We're going to Cal State Fullerton. Are we going to Hawaii? Are we going to Montana State? Relax, stay relaxed. When it finally happened, it was UTRGV. And there was a lot of names floating around at the time. I said, well, I heard about this guy. I heard about that guy. He said, calm down. Tell me about the team. Tell me who's there. Give me some players. Relax. He never changed over 20-some years. I've been chasing him around. He's always been telling me to calm down, get him players, take care of the rest. 
took us from below the ground, two feet under to above and right at the top of the whack. And it was a, this is a very tough job. It's been ranked top five toughest jobs ever in college basketball history. And to be receiving votes in the mid-major polls, to having players playing professionally, and having teams not want to play us when I'm searching for games. They're like, State, I ain't playing loop. Shoot. I don't know how you guys are playing. You guys got talent. You got to defend. So he did it. And getting off the bus Saturday night, he told me he got to do it one more time. He was tired. and He did it his way. I love him and I'm missing. What are some traits that stand out about Coach Hill? I used to watch him recruit and just, he knew every single player. Whether we get there seven in the morning till midnight I'm like man I'm ready to go home and he's like no we gotta go watch these kids we gotta know all these guys his uh, attention to detail always tell me to slow down I didn't know he was going to be this good on defense and as a coach you know I've known him as a friend and as a recruiter but he's such a basketball guy he knows he studies his all 24 7 so like coach McKay said when you go in his office you're going to be in there for a minute because he'll cover everything and then oh I watched West Virginia last night and, oh I was watching Texas Tech and they did this maybe we can do this so it was constant 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 and I think I became a better person, human being, his values, the way he sees young men, education, obviously recruiting because he taught me in my 20s. I took that away from his hard work, his dedication to his family. He cared. He cared about the players. They knew it. We're basketball coaches and the game's important. And But really, this is a people-based organization. It's all about the people. There's lots of attention to everything that college basketball can bring to a person, but really it's relationships and his ability to build relationships and hold relationships. Something that I was able to take away from him, that it's just bigger than a particular game. It's bigger than X's and O's. It's just what goes in between those four lines. And everybody knew him. Everybody thought highly of him. And that was short-term relationships, long-term relationships and everything in between. He was very open to listening to people and open door policy always treating people and treating young men appropriately and correctly and having high expectations and setting the bar high and helping them meet those expectations and leap over that bar is something that he did. And he was very passionate about young people and the development of young people beyond basketball. Coach Stedman, I know you were off the team for a little bit because you were dealing with your own personal illness, but can you talk about the way Coach Hill helped you throughout your recovery process my family came down from Nebraska and Colorado. When I woke up, they were telling me different stories. And one of the stories was how Coach Hill would come every single day and hold my hand after practice. Every single day, he would come and tell me, come on, stay, get up, I need you. Go get some players, come on, stay, get healthy, we need you, I need you. Every single day, he was in my ear. My wife, my kids, my family, We'll never forget that. And they're devastated right now. I wouldn't have made it without him. Jay, Lou had been trying to get a job for a long time before he finally got this one. Did he ever talk about being a coach of color and what that meant to him and what it meant to carry the legacy of John Chaney and John Thompson and just to be a pillar for that coaches coming up? Always. There's a group of us that kind of in the same age group, minority African-American coaches, and our circles hurt him very, very, very much. But out of the group, was one of the first to make it. There's still some guys that are assistants. There's some guys that are head coaches. But he wanted to make sure he did it right because the chances are very, very slim, few and far between. And you don't sometimes get another chance. And if you do get a chance, let's make and do it right, whether you leave here and move on to somewhere else or whatnot. But he did talk about it a lot. 
And he was worried when he saw African-American coaches getting fired, whether it be football or basketball and the messages sent. And it was very important to him. He was on a group of African-American coaches. We used to go to the Black Coaches Association when we were younger in our 20s and early 30s coach would lead us and bring up topics and make sure that we understood because most of our team is African-American, a lot of our staff is, and just want to make sure that we knew how important we were to so many people, to his son, to his daughters, to his family, to his wife. There's a lot of eyes. He always tells me, stay, there's a lot of eyes on us. We have to do right, act right, be right, and we need to win both on and off the court. Could you guys elaborate on what kind of leader Coach Hill was? He was empowering and that he wasn't overbearing. He wasn't going to jump in and, and take your voice from you. He was going to allow coaches to have the voice. He was going to allow players to have their voice. He was not a heavy-handed coach. We knew that it was his program and when what he said went, and that was it, and that was a final decision. But leading up to that final decision, he was more than happy to take input from other people and look at things from a different perspective. And lots of times we would sit there in, in his office and chat about basketball, and maybe he'd come with an idea that he felt like this is what we need to do, and one of us would come with a different idea. He'd consider it and circle back and take our idea on board. Timeouts, one of us might whisper in his ear, hey, let's let's do this, coach, or let's put this guy in the game or different things, and he'd do it. No questions asked, and he'd do it. But we all knew it was his program. It was his final decision, but empower us, and he'd give us responsibility. And same with the players. He would empower them to make decisions on behalf of the team and would let them play through that, let them live through that. And he was great at that, taking a step back and not let it be ego-driven, but also – we know who the head coach was. He wanted to learn from the greats, Phil Jackson's and different figures of successful people. He was always reading. Like Coach said, he empowered us, whether it was coaching or recruiting or whatnot. He didn't stand over us. Obviously, he made the final decision, but he let us work, which was nice because I've been at other places. You don't get to say much or do much. He was great at it. He was the best, but he worked at it. He always was constantly finding a new book about leadership and something, and he'd come and tell us and instill it into the staff, into his players, into his family. And did a tremendous job, unbelievable, great leader. Thinking back on these past couple of years, y'all shared together with Coach Hill at UTRGV. What are some memories with Coach Hill that stood out to you during that time? Our first win, just going from the team we had when we first got here to now, getting to know the Valley, getting to know the WAC, just seeing us grow and grow from the bottom to nearly the top. The journey, it was tough and fun and it was wonderful. Watching his family grow, watching his kids grow, watching coach grow, smile, laugh, and his vision, his work, his defense, his trapping, his stuff he envisioned from the get-go. And he finally got his 6'10 shot block. It only took us six years, but he finally got him his big man finally. So he says, Dad, it only took you six years, but finally. So it was great. We're going to try to finish this off with my friend. I still see the hotel we were sitting in Houston when he called me and said, hey, come down to the lobby. And we sat down. He said, we got it. And we're headed to UTIGV. But Everybody sees the games, everybody sees the practices, but it's times away from everybody's eyes to go into making a team and competing and being successful that not necessarily one in particular, but just those moments that you don't realize how important they are and how much they mean to you until they're not there anymore. I think those are going to be my fondest memories is sitting in a locker room after a game, meeting in a hotel lobby after a game, talking about our next opponent. They really are the most special moments that you have. Those ones are the ones I'm going to miss the most. 
we talked to coach Sampson about Lou and we talked about the 2018 game. He made an effort in that press conference afterwards to congratulate UTRGV on the effort and that the program's on the rise. And he had such glowing memories to say about Lou. But one of the things he said yesterday is about how hard the players play for Lou and how much they care about Lou. Can you just describe why that relationship exists to that level and how his teams embody the type of person that Lou was? I mean, with coach, there was no back down and anything. He wasn't afraid of anybody or any, anything. He was quite comfortable. And he'd tell us all the time when it came to recruiting, you can't be afraid to hear the word no. You can't be fearful of anything in it. You got to go jump two feet in and compete the best you can. And he, he kind of lived that when it came to scheduling, when it came to playing. And I think that was true right up to that last game. We didn't know until the day before we were playing. Nobody wanted to come here and play. And we had an opportunity to jump on the bus and go play, and there was no hesitation, no fear. And our players saw that in him every day. The expectations were, hey, we're going to go compete and knock off the big boys. And he truly believed that, and he had a belief in these guys that they were capable of you know, great things as, as players, as people, and every, everything in between. And I think that reflected in how the guys played for him because he did believe them and he believed in them as people. And it showed that they were willing to – lay themselves on the line for him. Just that confidence he had in himself and in the players, I think, rubbed off and showed in the results. AWD, BLD, tackle discipline, borderline dirty. From his days at San Jack to Wichita State to now, it's how he grew up, his brothers and his former teammates. And that San Jack team was number one in the country and unbelievable. And uh, Coach Ronnie Arrow, and he talks about Scott Jernander, and that's just the way it was back then. That's the way it was going to be here. From the time we recruited you to the time you were done playing, you were going to play hard. You were going to attack with discipline. We weren't going to cross the line, but we were going to get pretty close to it because we were bigger, stronger, faster. But we had heart. We had toughness. And he never wanted anybody to see us or show weakness. And it paid off. There was really nothing that ever kind of rattled him. And he made everybody else around him better. Talk about that positive attitude that he had every day, regardless of what happened. I mean, even after losses, I heard that he was one of the best to handle a loss. Just wanted to ask you about that. Coach Crandall and I will be sulking like babies and kicking it and saying this and that. And Coach McKay's pretty positive. I feel like I'm positive. I might put positive stuff out there, but Coach Hill would say, calm down, stay, calm, calm down, Kenya. The sun will shine tomorrow. It'll rise up. He always saw the best in people and knew we we're going to win. We had the talent. We may lose a couple games, but at the end of the year, we get on a roll. And he just kept saying that, just believe in the process, be positive with the guys, make sure they're up, go to class, we'll get in the weight room, let's watch the film, break it down, it's not as bad as you guys think. And he was always right. He didn't yell, scream, he got that from Coach Kruger, always believed in that, no curse words, always was positive. And it would call teaching, which was new to me, instead of good and bad play, let's have some good and then some teaching points. So we would always reflect into a positive teaching manner for the mistakes we made and we correct them and we move forward and we always, every year got better. What do you think he would want to do? How do you think he would want you to lead this team? I don't think there's any question he'd want the guys to step out there and get back on the court and practice and play. There's no doubt about that at all. I know that's what Mrs. Hill wants for the guys. I know that for sure. He wants the guys to obviously finish what they started academically, and that's incredibly important to him is getting that degree and walking the stage, and we're going to continue to push that and work with the guys through these difficult times to make sure we're fulfilling our commitments. In that regard, I know he wants them to enjoy the moments we have together 
loving each other and lifting each other and just being as positive and as good as young men as we possibly can through this all. We want to win for him and make sure this legacy and what he started, hopefully we can finish it. But either way, we're going to fight. We're going to compete. We'll take it hour by hour, day by day. We can't get too far ahead. And there's still a lot of healing that's got to be taking place. There's still a lot of things that have to be worked out. We will try. We will fight. We will compete. And we will celebrate. And we'll mourn. There's been some guys that have come through UTRGB that nobody else wanted or nobody else would give a chance. Talk about that gift that he had to see the potential in some of these guys that he's recruited that have played for him that maybe didn't get a shot somewhere else because somebody wasn't willing to take that chance. I think what coach did most of all, he, he coached people. He didn't coach players. And that's a big distinction right there. It sounds simple, but it's not. A lot of times, I think in competitive athletics, we look to the results on the court so quickly. We want it now and we want it in a hurry. Forget that there's a person behind the statistics. And coach didn't do that. He coached people. He didn't coach a point guard. He didn't coach a big guy. He didn't coach a shooter. He coached young men and he coached them all differently according to their needs. I think that's what has made him such a success at connecting with guys who maybe elsewhere it didn't work out because they had needs as young men. And that's not to disparage anybody else's program, but he fulfilled the needs that those guys had as people, not players, but people first. And then let what happened on the court follow. Can you please describe your first impressions and reaction of meeting Coach Hill for the first time? First time I met Coach, my journey to becoming a college coach is a little bit abnormal. I was a high school coach. I was a special education teacher, a wife, two daughters, and had a son that was just born. We jumped up and left San Antonio and took a graduate assistant position at Oklahoma which is a part-time position. My wife, I just had my son, so she was stepping away from her job to stay at home with him. So I'm in my late 30s, and I'm leaving a full-time job, great job that I love, leaving the city, picking up, moving my family to a different town that I'd never even been in. And I walk into the basketball offices. I had my newborn son in my hand, and he jumps up and runs out of his office and grabs my son and starts talking to him and just was very interested in my story. And while a lot of people that I knew thought I was nuts, doing what I was doing from the get-go. He was uh, encouraging, kind of wrapped his arms around me there at OU and said, okay, if you're going to do this thing, let's do it right. And let me help you through this and we'll get you to where you want to go. And literally I know that I'd be on his back and he'd take me where I wanted to go rather than guide me to where I wanted to go. And he put me on his back and brought me here. But for me, it was an abnormal situation in my life and maybe not textbook, but he didn't discourage me from going a different path. He encouraged it and pushed it and really made it work for me and my family. I was at Tyler Junior College. I was assistant, young, really wet, green behind the ears. He was at Texas A&M, so I was always enamored with big uh, power five assistant coaches. And he strolled in and sat in my office and just started talking. And we watched practice and he had a glow to him. And I knew a lot of coaches back then, but he's one of the few that I just, man, man, I want to be like this guy when I get older. And like I said, I literally like a little puppy dog. I used to follow him around and ask him where he was going. His charisma, his attention to detail, his personality. And everybody, everywhere we would go, would be coming up to him, asking him questions. And he'd be like, Steady, you don't tell me secrets. You tell me you don't look somewhere else. And then go over here and go watch somebody else. Well, I was blessed and fortunate. He let me uh, hang on to his coattails and follow him around for so many years as he went on from there to UNLV and then Oklahoma. And always my big brother, always my friend. And I learned so much from him. But from the get-go, he was a bright, shining star. And I just want to be like him 
and be around him. I was blessed to do it for so long. I learned how to do basically everything through him, from recruiting to coaching to teaching to patience to love to positivity. I wouldn't be where I'm at without him. Those legacies and things, as long as I'm here and wherever I go, they will always continue. I love that man and his family. I owe it all to him. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Jay, for all the time you guys gave us today. This has been the Rally of the Valley podcast presented by Town Place Suites by Marriott. To check out archived episodes, visit goutrgv.com slash podcasts.